match press conference of match number 50 of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 that is going to take place tomorrow at Ahmed Ben Ali Stadium. Please welcome coach of Australia, Graham Arnold and player Harry Suter. Translation is available via the FIFA interpretation app in English, Arabic and uh, Spanish. If you would like to ask a question, please raise your hands and wait until we give you the microphone. I'll give the floor to the coach and uh, player for their opening remarks. Coach, please. Yeah, look, uh, <clears throat> obviously very exciting to be here and uh, we're looking forward extremely to the game uh, tomorrow and uh, doing our nation proud again and that's the most important thing. Yeah, just to um, yeah, turn that down. Echo, uh, echo what the boss said there, just really excited. Um, you know, we've already surprised a few people um, with the results that we've had. So, yeah, we're looking to go and surprise a few more. Thank you. Hi, Graham Sidlow from the English paper, The Guardian. Um, obviously, this, this game has brought to mind previous clashes and in particular in, in, in 1993. I wanted to ask you about your memories of, of those two games uh, against Argentina. And of course, ask you just how good your night out was in Buenos Aires. <laughs> I haven't got all day. But uh, <clears throat> no, look, I think, uh, you know, when I think back to my playing career, it was one of the highlights of my life, being able to play uh, World Cup qualifiers against uh, Argentina uh, in, in Australia and, and in Buenos Aires. But, uh, you know, we've uh, obviously we've had a, a few games now with Argentina. We beat them in... 1988, 4-1 in the Gold Cup in Australia, and uh, you know, and I just think that, uh, and also with the Olympic team, we beat them only last year, 2-0. Um, I just think that Argentina bringing the best out of Australia, and uh, you know, our performances every time against Argentina has been very strong and very good. And uh, as I said, um, you know, we go into the game with a lot of belief and uh, a lot of energy, and focus on ourselves and our job. And uh, as I said, it's uh, for me, it's a uh, a big one percenter to be playing against them because uh, they'll bring the best out of us. Thank you. Question, please. Question, uh, David Bash here from SBS. A uh, question for you, Graham. Lionel Scaloni just came on, paying a lot of respect to Australia and what they would bring. But we know there's not going to be any love lost on the pitch tomorrow. Can you tell us the sort of ferocity you plan to bring to this contest and all that history between? <clears throat> Australia and Argentina and how that may play out tomorrow? Yeah, look, um, <clears throat> as I said, Dave, it's, um, you know, the past, uh, the, the group games are past us now and it's, uh, obviously it's a whole new ball game now. It's a, a one-off game and uh, anything can happen in one-off games and, you know, there's no disrespect to Argentina or anything at all, but uh, it's, it's uh, 11 v 11 and it's 10 blue shirts against 10 yellow shirts and uh, it's a battle, it's a war and we've got to fight that and... Uh, Make sure that uh, and the boys are in uh, you know, great physical shape, great mental shape. They've got great energy and uh, we go out there with, uh, and, and give it all guns blazing. Juan Pablo Ferrari, del Diario Hoy de La Plata, Argentina. Caca. Ríjame, si usted dijo que Australia va a ganar, usted declaró, usted declaró que Australia va a ganar, se siente muy seguro, quería preguntarle si esto es así, si usted reconoce los pergaminos de Argentina como campeón de América y si usted va a plantear un esquema defensivo protegiéndose como hizo Polonia con Argentina o lo va a salir a atacar Argentina. Muchas gracias. Yeah, we said we will do our best to win the game. 
we respect Argentina for sure, but uh, first and foremost, <clears throat> we can't focus just solely on them. I do believe the short turnaround is uh, an advantage for us because it doesn't, we don't sit for five days wondering about and thinking about the opposition or Argentina. So it's, uh, you know, it's, we, we, we have that respect for them, but we also have to respect ourselves and, and what we bring to the table. And, and, you know, we know what their strengths are and, and we've got to take them away from them to have a, a great chance to win this game. Before we continue with the questions, I would kindly ask our colleagues, the photographers, to leave the room. Thank you so much. newspaper and LFR magazine. Um, a question to Ernie. You just mentioned you beat Argentina last year in Olympic uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, two players. They play in Olympic. <clears throat> they play now with uh, Argentina. Also, you have uh, seven players. So um, you can do also tomorrow. You can repeat the victory tomorrow again. Yeah, we have. Uh, I think we have nine plus Mitchell Duke, who was overage, uh, who had that experience. Of, of playing Argentina at the Olympics. And uh, we know what uh, we, in Australia, and that we have a very, you know, we <clears throat> have knowledge of South American football because we've been through that a lot in the, in the 90s and even this year playing Peru. Um, so I've studied a lot of uh, the, the South American qualifiers because, uh, you know, obviously we didn't know who we were going to play at the time. and. I've seen a lot of South American football and I just believe that, uh, you know, it's, uh, they have a certain way of playing and we have to nullify that. Mark Schwartz here from Optusport. Um, you said before the tournament and actually during the group stages you want to put smiles on Australian faces. You've well and truly done that. Mm. What's the next aim? And also for Harry, it's pretty much a given you're going to win your aerial duel against Messi. How else, how else do you prepare to face a guy like him? Yeah, Schwartz, I think uh, <clears throat> that's one thing that we have achieved back in Australia is obviously reuniting the nation after COVID and uh, <clears throat> reuniting our sport of football. Um, you know, when we've seen, you know, uh, scenes of uh, Fed Square and the celebrations back in Australia and, and that it really makes everyone proud and we want more. You know, we haven't finished yet. And that's the most important thing is that... Uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're turning up to win another game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, listen, we know it's going to be uh, a difficult task. Um, obviously, we respect the player massively. Um, but I don't think it's uh, just an individual thing. I think it's got to be a team collective. Um, we've got to be you know, on our game 100%. Um, you know, we've got to be switched on at all times um, and be alert to every situation because... Yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be a team effort and a team collective. I don't think it can come down to just one individual trying to stop him. Uh, Arnie, Jerry Lynch, ESPN, question in English. Um, I wanted to ask you about a member of your coaching staff, Tony Vidmar. Last time Australia made the knockout stages of the World Cup, he had to withdraw from the squad <coughs> on the eve of the tournament with a heart murmur. Uh, has that been talked about in the camp that now he finally gets to see the round of 16 and what has he brought to the squad during this journey? Yeah, look, Tone's uh, <clears throat> been a great friend of mine for a long, long time and, 
He's been a, a great player for Australia for a long, long time and, you know, it's something that uh, people forget about what he went through and missed out on the World Cup. He played against Uruguay that got us through to the uh, to the World Cup and stood up and took a penalty when no one really wanted to, um, to qualify us. Uh, and for him, it's, uh, you know, obviously uh, a great feeling for, for himself to be involved with that. But, uh, you know, he's a, a great... Um, uh, coach as well. He's a great support for me, and uh, we love uh, having him here. Adam, uh, Graham, uh, Emma Kemp here from the Guardian. Um, I know you've spoken about this before, but I just wanted to ask you about qualifying for the benefit of some of those other confederations. Could you share a little bit about some of the unique challenges of qualifying through Asia, and especially during a pandemic? I was going to write a book on that. But uh, I don't know if I've got time. But look, it's, uh, that's, I think, the universe is paying us back for all the hard work we've done. And the universe is looking down on us and, and uh, is repaying the support, the, the sacrifices that the players and staff made through all that. We played four games out of 20 at home. Um, we had 11 straight wins, which is a real, still a world record uh, for World Cup qualifiers. <clears throat> and, and we had... Uh, some, you know, some hard journeys, but probably the best part of it is, and I, again, I'm trying to look at the positive, and I do believe this has been crucial uh, with that, was COVID helped unite this team together and unite the culture, the family culture of brotherhood, mateship, because these boys were in lockdown when we were in hotels. They couldn't go off the floor they were on. They had to socialise with each other in in the social room, playing pool or table tennis, whatever. And that really united the players as, uh, as, as a family environment. And, um, and the fact that we played, you know, we had uh, five World Cup qualifiers here in Qatar. It gave us that experience of the air-conditioned stadiums. It gave us this experience of being here and we've won six out of seven games here in, in Qatar. So... You know, we're very familiar with the, uh, the stadiums, we're familiar with the environment, and uh, it is, for us, a second uh, home away from home, sorry. Graham, aquí Francisco Canepa, ESPN Argentina. Um, te quería preguntar, ESPN, porque a vos te tocó jugar contra Maradona en, en, en esa repesca. Maradona. ¿Qué recuerdo tenés de Diego sabiendo que este es el primer mundial Diego, sin Diego? Para Harry, si Messi es el mejor Diego. jugador del mundo. Gracias. Um, you know, we weren't expecting to play Argentina in that World Cup qualifiers. They got beat 5-1 at home in Buenos Aires by Colombia. And uh, I remember I was playing in Europe at the time, and uh, as I said, we weren't looking really to play Argentina. And Maradona had retired, and he'd put on a lot of weight. And, uh, and the fans from the last five minutes of the game, ten minutes of the game, that I, uh, when I was watching the game, as a player, and I was playing in Europe, was the fans were calling and singing for him to come back. And uh, he lost a lot of weight in six weeks. And he came back and uh, <clears throat> the game, you know, I don't think he had that much of an influence the first game. He set up the goal for Balbo uh, in Sydney. And, uh, but uh, just, uh, you couldn't get near him.
to, to try and kick him. He was that smart. He was uh, such a great footballer and, um, you know, obviously it's a, one of my great memories to be say that I played against him. Um, yeah, I think my generation, yeah, growing up watching football from a young age until now, I think there's pretty obviously been two standout players in the world. Um, I think it's going to be a long time till we see the likes of likes of them again. Um, but I think tomorrow for, for 90 minutes or however long it takes, um, he's just going to have to be another player that we're up against. Um, like I said before, obviously got massive amounts of respect for him and what he's done. Um, but again, it's 11 v 11 um, and we're going to go out there to, to win and get a result. Um, but yeah, certainly in my eyes, he's, he's one of the best to ever do it, yeah. Arnie. Uh, Vince Regari, Sydney Morning Herald. I have to ask you about the little moment of street smarts that I'm sure the South Americans would respect uh, that was caught on camera against the, the Danish team, talking about Mitchell Duke finding a, what appeared to be a note containing tactical instructions from the Danes, uh, picking it up, passing it to the bench. Um, can you talk us through what happened from your perspective? Was that helpful? And even if it wasn't, does that not just show players will leave no stone unturned, even if it's a piece of paper on the ground that could help them win? Yeah, um, to be honest, Mitchell Duke brought it over to me and I thought he was just being nice cleaning up rubbish. And, <clears throat> and he handed it to me and I didn't even look at it, I just handed it back because I was focused on the substitution and I knew when, that, uh, when he came on that we had to go to a back five and I always plan have a plan A, B, C and D or an E or for every occasion. If you're down 1-0 or you're up 1-0, and, so, and we <clears throat> look at what substitutions. But in that little way, it just showed me that they, weren't, they, they didn't have the plan ready. It was an off-the-cuff thing that uh, if they're having to send notes out to players, then it's uh, not pre-planned beforehand where we pre-plan those type of things beforehand. So the players know, you know... If Bailey Wright comes on like we did, they knew straight away we're going to back five because it's, we'd already done that messaging. Thank you. Adrian Archuli from SBS. Question to both Graham and Harry. In the France game, after they got those first two goals, they just flicked a switch and kept that pace up the whole game. Now, South American teams, they can up and down their pace quite effectively. Do you learn anything from that? Is there a way you can ensure they don't get out of or get up to a certain gear? Do you need to leave challenges in? What is it so you don't have a repeat of what happened against France where you made such a strong start but they got to a level and they were just there? Uh, look, again, I, I truly believe that uh, you know, we, we, got, we, we got taught lessons in the first game you know, of, uh, not, again, not being able to have a friendly beforehand with a short uh, lead-in. Um, but uh, we learnt the hard way but the good way. And uh, those lessons have been, um, you know, fixed and we've uh, learnt well from it and now it's all about moving forward. And, uh, you know, as I said to the boys, we've just had all the meetings and, you know, this we've got our game, we've got our way. We've got to be brave to play and, uh, you know, and make sure that we're in their faces for 90 minutes and, and, and take away their strengths and that's time on the ball. Yeah, I don't, listen, I don't want to sound like I'm repeating um, what the boss is saying there, but I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened to us, you know, the first game um, and learning from the mistakes that we made. Um, and obviously we stepped up a little bit for the Tunisia game and then I think we, we stepped up again for the Denmark game um, and then, you know, we've got to do the exactly same um, for this one coming up. Um, but I do think, again, we've got to focus on ourselves and what we can do. Um, we've got to be brave in the ball to play 
but everything that we put in, in in the last two performances in terms of off the ball, the intensity when we go to press has all got to be there again. Um, if we want to get anything from the game, it, it needs to be there uh, 100%. Adam Peacock from Code Sports. Arnie, uh, when this wonderful adventure ends, hopefully in a few more games, there's a massive opportunity presented itself to the game in Australia. The A-League, what do you hope from the domestic competition in the near future? Because 17 of the 26 have got a great, great grounding in your squad. What do you hope for the competition that it rolls over and acts upon? in the forthcoming months and years? Well, I hope that, uh, and I do expect that Australians start respecting the A-League for the quality it has, because um, <clears throat> I've been a firm believer in the A-League for a long time. That, um, you know, people sit back at home and compare it to the English Premier League because that's really what the, the only other football that we watch in Australia is the English Premier League. But I've been out and about and around Europe and the A-League is as good as most European competitions. There's only one thing the A-League needs to do, is play more football. They don't play enough football. And 25 games, 26 isn't enough. 12 teams isn't enough. They need to give kids more opportunity uh, to, to be professional footballers and uh, play more football. And as I said, the quality of the A-League, the boys here have shown, that have, that have come from the A-League, that they can match it on the world stage. And uh, as I said, it's, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in it. And, uh, you know, and then we've got those young kids coming through and they've got to be ready. Graham, Oscar Paul from The Sun in England. Just going back to what you were, were saying earlier, what, what in particular is it about Argentina that, that brings the best out of Australia? Well, playing against that, quite, that type of talent and uh, that name, I think... Uh, resonates right across the world and uh, but you know as a football nation and it's inspiring for Australia to play against him and I, as I said I believe that that uh, you're going to see the best of this guy tomorrow night you're going to see the best of every player on the pitch for Australia tomorrow night because of who we're playing against the, the, the brains <clears throat> need to be switched on not for 90 minutes for 120 minutes and it's got to be switched on for every second of that 120 minutes because they play in two waves. Slow to try to make you relax, but when you relax, that's when they hit you. And we've got to make sure that we're on the whole time. Graham, Harry, felicitaciones por pasar de ronda. Mi nombre es Romina Sacher, voy a preguntar en español para Deporte B, medios públicos. Primero quería felicitar no solo al país, sino a la organización por lo que significa organizar la próxima Copa del Mundo, que es la Copa del Mundo de Fútbol Femenino. Sé que este empuje y esta clasificación también va a colaborar a la organización. Y segundo, quería consultarles si de alguna manera la presión la tiene Argentina por ser favorita una de las elecciones que está como favorita y eso puede llegar a beneficiarlos a ustedes para pensar en el próximo juego. Yeah, look, I think uh, we've been named the invincible underdogs around the world, and uh, <coughs> everyone's an underdog until you have success. And I think nearly everyone in the world, at some stage of their life, has been an underdog. And it's until you have success that you're seen as a success. So. You know, the, uh, I think we're the, you know, again, Australia's the underdogs and we love that. We love uh, the backs to the wall and no one giving us a chance and, and 
you know, going out there and fighting the Auss the, the Aussie spirit way. And uh, as I said, uh, that's our strength. Sorry, uh, I uh, will ask in Arabic. Uh, oh, okay. السيد جرام لكن سؤالي الثاني لك سيد مدرب هناك أخبار تتحدث عن أنه هناك لاعب اثنين من أستراليا سقطوا في اختبار المنشطات طبعا أنا أعرف أنها إشاعة لكن أريد التوضيح من عندك أنه الأخبار راجت هنا في العالم العربي عن هذه الحادثة بعد مباراة الدنمارك شكرا وأتمنى لكم التوفيق Yeah, thank you. Did you understand yeah. my question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why I was laughing. I don't know if I should answer. That's why I was laughing. Um, no, thank you. Uh, listen, yeah, we knew going into the game, um, it was gonna, it was gonna be a tough game. Um, and I think, um, you know, we started really well. We kind of had a little bit of a dip um, in the middle, but um, obviously when we got the goal, um, we knew that, you know, they were gonna come back um, and kind of throw everything to, you know, towards us. Um, and obviously in the last. 10-15 minutes it was kind of a backs against the wall performance but I think you know to a man everybody stood up um, and showed the quality that we've got um, and uh, the defensive performance again was was really really good. I'm sorry but uh, it's the first time I've heard of anything like that so I've got no idea what you're talking about. Graham, uh, you said before the Denmark game that for the first time you weren't going to name your team until match day. Um, the players are going to be even more tired now. Is, is that the case again? And secondly, how do you measure the capacity of players? Is, is it literally just down to asking them or are there ways you can actually measure the, how much they've got left in the tank? Yeah, so we won't name the uh, starting 11 again. You know, we need that extra 24 hours. Um, but uh, I can see it in their faces. I can see it in their eyes. I, you know, it's something that uh, probably I, I'm, I'm quite decent at and that's, uh, you know, I can see it in their energy. And, and the fatigue, there is no fatigue. <clears throat> they don't have any. They're ready. They just, uh, this is a moment in their life that they've all been grabbing hold of. And, you know, as I said, it's, uh, you, you know, when they walk out, when they're walking down the hallway, and you can see their eyes and, and that they're ready to go. Last two questions, one over there and one here. Thanks very much, Harry. David Mark from the ABC. Um, I wonder if I could take you back four years or so when you began your Australian journey and if I was to tell you that you're about to play uh, Argentina in the final 16 of the World Cup, what would your response be back then? Um, you know, when I first came into to camp, it was a 23s camp and then I think my next one was, was my first first team call-up for the Socceroos. Um, and I think it's pretty early on, you know, the culture's embedded to the young lads coming up um, and the belief that we've got as a squad is is one like I've never experienced before. Um, you know, it's taken probably three and a half, four years for the for everyone to, you know, go on the one path and, and all think the same way. Um, and I think that the last two results have showed, you know, when everyone's on the on the same page, you know, what could happen. Um, 
And yeah, I think if you if you told me that kind of four years ago that would be in this position, um, I'd probably believe you because we had so much belief in ourselves um, and we knew what we could do as a squad and as a team. Um, so for us, we're not surprised um, where we are at the moment. I know that we've surprised a few people. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can do that again uh, tomorrow. Last question, please. Bueno, mi pregunta es para el entrenador. Soy Fernando Bianculli de la agencia de noticias Telam de Argentina. Eh, en nuestro país se cree que enfrentar a la selección argentina siempre implica, eh, por parte del rival, dar un plus, dar este, un esfuerzo más. Eh, esto se vio en el Mundial con Arabia Saudita. Le pregunto primero si ese partido fue tomado como una referencia especial para preparar el juego de mañana y si han eh, practicado o tienen pensado practicar penales. Are you practicing the penalty kicks? Have you been doing that? Yeah, look, um, we obviously, we watched uh, Argentina against Saudi Arabia and, um, you know, we felt that uh, obviously when Saudi Arabia put the pressure on, it uh, made it quite uh, difficult at times for Argentina. But, uh, you know, no doubt, the same as us, they, they learnt lessons from the first game. And, uh, but again, all we can do is, is focus on ourselves. We know what type of style that Argentina will play and where they will come from, but uh, um, we'll be ready for that. Regarding penalty shootout, uh, we haven't practiced uh, at this moment, but we probably will tonight. Thank you, coach. Thank you, Harry, and thank you. Thank you. Hey, 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 hey.